Hello and welcome to the Wheel of Crime podcast. This podcast is ran by two ladies who play games, mumble profanities, and laugh way too often. Also, this podcast does cover topics of sensitive nature, and as such, listener discretion is advised. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the (laughs) Wheel of Crime podcast. Yes. Hello. <laughs> and welcome. What a what an opener. Yes, my name is Emily. My name is Jen. It is another Hello. week, my friends, in the hot it hot season. Week. So much <laughs> happening at work, uh, in life. Work for the sure. You're I- listening to this is my final day on the show that I'm working on. So you can rejoice for me. Thank you very much. Yes, round I... of applause for me. I will be rejoicing for you because work has been rough this week and it's hot outside. I hate the sun. Like I love, it's a love-hate relationship in many ways. It is. I look good when I'm tan. I don't like sweating constantly. Um, No. Uh, I'm firmly a fall girl. (laughs) Yeah. Fall is like supreme. Love that. Wish it was longer for us since it literally lasts like a month where we're from. But you know... Mm. It is what it is. And then uh, work has just been stressful. Yeah, right? Uh, Busy. It's the busy season for us. So, uh, you know, tick-tock, round-the-clock, this body don't stop working nonstop (laughs) all the time. Oh, 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 oh. And, yeah, no, um, I feel like I blinked since our last episode. Now we're recording again, and that's basically it. Yeah, pretty much it. (laughs) Yep. Um, so then, in that case, should we just get to our wheel of questions? Let's just jump right into it. I feel like I have nothing to say. I'm just tired this week, so, uh, let's, yeah, let's just do our questions. I know, I haven't even hit my bucket list yet. Maybe by the next time, uh, we record, like, by the time we record for next week, I'll have, have more fun things to talk about, but for now, I'm just a hustling girl. so let's spin this whale. Spin it, girl. Have you ever hitchhiked before? Slash, would you? No and no. <laughs> Very quickly. Um, yeah. I have never hitchhiked uh, just because I find the whole thing to be... Uh... Sketchy? Yes. So that's a big part of it. And also, like, I'm not really... I I don't know. I have a personal thing where I don't love relying on people. Especially people yeah. I don't know. So, like... If I am ever in a situation where, like, hitchhiking is probably, like, a quicker way to get somewhere, I would probably just suck it up and walk the whole way. Like, I am that bitch. I'm like, nah. Talking to strangers, I don't fucking think so. Like, <laughs> like goodbye. Yeah. I w- I, I've just always been afraid of being murdered or robbed. Too. So That is a big part of it, for sure. And then, um, yeah, so, like... That would be the why I wouldn't, and the, I would say the why I haven't is what you just said, because uh, murder is a very real aspect for women, if you were going to be jumping into a rando's vehicle and they can take you wherever they want to. So, yeah. Pretty much. Awesome. Love that for us. Let's go to our next question. Pun away, girl. Have you ever picked up a hitchhiker or considered it? Actually, so 
I don't in general. Um, just because, like, again, as a woman who is driving usually by herself, there's just certain situations I don't put myself in. Um, but there was a time where, so with what I do for work and just how I travel, um, I'm usually by myself and I travel a lot of highways. I was driving, um, in the countryside along one of the highways once for work and there was like a young girl, like a preteen girl out in the middle of nowhere who was walking on the road. So I stopped and I was like, oh, hey, like, you know, like, are you good? Like, what's going on? Like, do you live nearby? Like, do you need help? Just cause like, I think in that case, because it's such, it's a younger girl I kind of felt like I should at least check in just in case Mm -hmm. so I have stopped before she ended up saying she was fine she lived nearby but like that's really honestly the only time I've stopped for somebody but like she also wasn't like hitchhiking necessarily she was just kind of standing on the side of the road by herself and she kind of it just seemed like a weird situation to me so I thought I would check in but yeah that's fair yeah I don't know I've never picked anyone up and honestly, I've never really considered it. Uh, I feel like every time I've seen a hitchhiker, it's usually an older man. And I, too, am usually traveling by myself. So I just, I feel like it's an uncomfortable situation that I don't want to put myself into. But, yep. yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, is, like, that was the only situation that I stopped for somebody. And, like I said, because it was, like a girl who was very obviously young and by herself um but like that's for like but but like for older men who hitchhike no i wouldn't i wouldn't stop just because like i'm not in a position where i could protect myself like as a driver like you are in a vulnerable position if you were a woman by yourself in an enclosed space with a stranger that's just how it is exactly and uh i just don't want to take the risk personally and maybe that's selfish but i just feel like the risk is way too high I think it would be a different situation if, say, like, I was the driver, but maybe I had, like, a couple guy friends with me. Like, maybe that would change things, but I haven't been in that situation, so I wouldn't know how I would react, you know? Yeah, for sure. Right? But yeah, no, those are my thoughts. But on that note, let's finish up for our next question. Okay. Sorry, Fig is trying to nap literally beside the wheel of questions and he is not happy with me right now. <laughs> He's like, how dare you spin this loud thing in my face? Yeah, and then I accidentally touched him with my knee and he just shot across the room. So I th- I think he's retiring to a different sunspot. Um, but question number two. Have you ever ran away from home or like no one, like a sibling or close friend who's run away from home? Not, like, officially. I remember getting heated once at my parents and taking a quick walk around the block thinking about running away. But I don't think me or my siblings or anybody I know actually has run away from home. Yeah. I remember one time when I was, like, in elementary school getting into, like, an argument with my parents and being like, I'm running away. And then, like, going down the driveway and being like, "Mm, actually, no. Right? That was pretty much it was, like, me, like, contemplating it. And then I was like where would I even go? And then then I came back. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. So, like, unofficially running away from home, I guess. If you want to count that. Contemplating running away from home. The thought was there. I do remember that. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) if the means were. I don't think so, though. But, um, that's all I got. Should we go to our next question? Let's do it. We're just blitzing through these. 
it's a it's a hard and fast day. We got the facts down. No lollygagging. Exactly. If you had to lose one limb, which one would it be? A limb? Yeah. What are we counting as limbs? Just like your arms and legs or what? Yeah, basically. Like, like right leg, left leg, right arm, left arm. If you're if you got to lose one, which one are you sacrificing? I mean, obviously preferably none of them, but I think if I had to pick and it had to be like a full appendage, um I guess my left arm, but I guess it also like I said, depends on what you mean as a limb. Like, I know a lot of people who, like, if the, like, as a would you rather question, they'd be like, I would lose by my middle toe or, like, random things. But, like, if we're going for, like, full appendage, my left arm. We're going for full appendage. I think I would also do my left arm. Or, I don't know, it's hard because your legs, like, I. I feel like loss of mobility would be huge, so I don't know if I would want to lose a leg. But I feel like losing an arm would also be very inconvenient, but I guess I would go with that if I had to pick something. See, my thought with that one was I know that nowadays, as far as, like, technology goes, like, you can basically have, like, a robotic arm that just mimics, like, um, like how your ligaments work. So you aren't really, like, mobility-wise, you're keeping the same. And the same goes for legs, too. But, like... I have an uncle who he is a partial amputee of one of his legs and like knowing what I know about like what kind of like um, issues there are when you are losing something that like affects um, like standing for example and those types of things like I think that for me I would have to pick arm in that situation because like Your legs are very important, too, for, like, your spinal health and some other things. So there's, like, slightly more complications for, like, those types of things. And, yeah, I don't know. Just when you break it down, there's a lot. But I think overall, that's that would be what I would pick, yeah. Yeah, there's not a good option for that, for sure. No. So, um, I actually think I know what story you're going to cover today. What is it? Does it happen to be based out of Las Vegas? It does! Okay, I don't know this full story, but I remember reading, like, a little, like, Facebook blip about it, like, years ago and thinking it was horrifying. But, um, if I'm gonna get your story, I think it's about a girl who was hitchhiking because she ran away from home. And in Las Vegas, she was picked up by a man who ended up, uh, making her an amputee. You are dead on this week. <laughs> All right, let's get it. I don't know any of the details, though. Like I said, I just only know the gist, so I'm curious. All right, so I'll just jump right on into it then. So Mary Vincent was born in 1963. She is one of seven children and lived with her parents in Las Vegas. Her father worked as a mechanic and married her mother, who was a blackjack dealer, while while also serving in the military. Mary's parents were going through a messy divorce, which caused her to run away from her their home in Las Vegas. After a brief period living on the streets and inside locked unlocked cars, she hitchhiked to her grandfather's home in Berkeley, California in September 1978. 
After arriving in California and staying with her grandfather for a while, Mary became homesick and decided to hitchhike back to Las Vegas. So she started her journey back home and made it to just outside of Modesto, California, which was around 85 miles from her grandparents' house. And Mary stood on the side of the road with two other hitchhikers in Modesto on September 29th, 1978 when 50 year old lauren singleton pulled his van over when the young hitchhikers asked for a ride lawrence told them that he only had room for one in his nearly empty van which was very suspicious <laughs> he's like hi yes this van with many seats only room for one literally again another reason to be suspicious of people they are full of baloney mm-hmm So, Lawrence Bernard Singleton was born on July 28th, 1927 in Tampa, Florida. He formerly worked as a merchant seaman. And that's pretty much all the backstory we have on him. Not too much is known about his early life, but uh, I'm just going to say it's safe to assume not a good man. Yeah, already not loving the vibes. No (laughs) no good. Terrible vibes. I think that if you're... uh, a man and uh you come across a group of people and they're like hey we need a ride and you're like no i will single out one of you so that only one of you can come with me i would be like nah i'm with the group or with the nobody exactly i'm out but um mary uh He seemed trustworthy enough and Mary was feeling very exhausted and overwhelmed at this point. So she acted against her instincts and climbed into his vehicle. During the ride, Lawrence knocked her out with a sledgehammer and then drove them to a deserted area. He tied her up and sexually assaulted her throughout the night and then tortured her by severing both of her forearms with a hatchet. Yeah. Uh, First of all, Zero to a hundred. Uh, second of all, women's intuition is always right. Third of all, mm-hmm. I did not realize it was both arms. I honestly, like, like when I was, like, trying to piece out, like, how this sounded familiar, I thought it was only one of her arms. Yeah, it was both. So, the next morning, Lawrence thought Mary was dead, or at least close enough, so he threw her body off a cliff where she landed 30 feet below a concrete culvert off of Interstate 5 near Del Poruto Canyon. However, Mary was not dead. She was naked and searing in pain and fought off the urge to fall asleep and give in. Instead, she covered what was left of her arms in mud, packing it down to effectively stop the bleeding. Then she climbed back up the 30-foot cliff, missing her arms and nearly bleeding to death and began walking down the rural road holding up her arms upright so she would not bleed out i just like cannot even believe like you would have to be such a strong person oh my god like the strength and like the character you have to have like i don't even know if i mentioned this but she was 15 years old at the time i don't know if you did mention that you, I think you said that she was, like, younger and that she was, like, going to visit her grandparents, but, like, 15? She was 15 when this happened. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's a lot. And, like, like literally, like, like just quickly going back to, like, my initial reaction there. Like, I don't even know, think I know that many people in real life who would have the strength to continue after that. 
mm-hmm. like the strength to like get up and try to keep fighting for life. Like I think, like not like putting down anybody that I know, but I do think that most people would probably just accept that as their end at some point. It, like. I just can imagine at 15, having been raped and tortured all night, then being thrown off of a cliff, landing on concrete, missing With both, both of my arms, arms bleeding out, and then climbing up a 30-foot cliff to start walking down a rural road, holding my arms upright, hoping to God that someone drives along and picks me up. Mm-hmm. I, it's insane. So That's just surreal. <laughs> it, it really is. So... The first car that drove past her carried two men who quickly sped off once her condition came into view, which enrages me so much. That's disgusting. I'm yeah. sorry. If I, if I was even by myself, if I was driving down a road and I saw somebody missing fucking arms and I was in the middle of nowhere and they were alive, yeah, I'd be picking them up. I'd be like, okay, like, screw my original plans. I'm taking you to the hospital. Yeah, I think any decent person would. If you, I don't know, I just... Fuck off. I hope they think about that for the rest of their lives. I do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, literally. The next vehicle, thankfully, with a couple, pulled over and drove her to the hospital. In the hospital, Mary immediately worked with police to help identify and find her attacker, insisting she postponed sleeping to finish creating a composite sketch for investigators. This girl is, like, fucking invincible. She is out for blood, and honestly, good for her. She's like, no, (laughs) until I tell you everything about this fucking man, I will not rest. (laughs) I've come this far... Nothing's stopping me I don't now. even blame her. Like, if you fought that hard, hell yeah. Hell fucking yeah. I would be sitting there being like, no. Like, you're going to know everything about everything that happened. I will tell you any little detail I can remember about this person until you get him. Honestly, like, good for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, she's a queen. So she began using prosthetic arms within two weeks after her attack. And as someone who liked to tinker, she used spare parts from broken down electronics to modify her own prosthetics into custom designs. Among the changes to her life after the attack, she also began a career in art. So like, honestly, this girl, my idol. She's a legend. I can't even believe that. She literally is. The strength to have lost both your arms, be fitted with new arms, and then be like, they're going to be better arms and also fuck everybody else. I'm going to do whatever I want. Like, holy. I love her. If I had an ounce of her spirit, I could accomplish so much in life. (laughs) Literally anyone could. Like, if we even had like an, an ounce. If she would just like grace us with like her breath. Yeah, if she could breathe in my presence, I would be inspired for the rest of my life. Literally. So by the time of Lawrence's arrest, Mary had her two arms. And six months after the assault, Mary faced Lawrence at his trial where her testimony helped convict him. Lawrence was sentenced to 14 years in prison, the maximum allowed by California at that time. The presiding judge remarked, if I had the power, I would send him to prison for the rest of his natural life. Which, honestly, agreed. That judge, also a legend, because I 100% agree. What do you mean you only get 14 years for 
assaulting and permanently maiming a child. And trying to kill them. A child. That is attempted murder. How is 14 years the maximum? That is garbage. It is fucking garbage. Um, And Mary also filed a civil suit against Lawrence and won. She won a settlement of $2.56 million against him, but was unable to collect it when he revealed that he was unemployed in poor health and only had $200 in savings. So, unfortunately, she got no money from this experience, which honestly fucked that guy because for He should have given her all of his $200. I could care less. Yeah. So, Lawrence was unfortunately paroled after serving only eight years in prison. And he was able to what reduce kind of his- What fuckhead t- looked at what his history was and why he was in jail and was like, yeah, eight years is enough. Yeah, that seems fine. Yeah, that seems, you're obviously not a menace to society. Let's put you back out there. What? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah. So he was able to reduce his time through good behavior, quote unquote, and working as a teaching assistant in a prison classroom. He was paroled in Contra Costa County, California, but no town would accept his presence. So he had to live on a trailer on the grounds of San Quentin Prison until his parole ended a year later. Which, honestly, good for every town in the surrounding area, because I wouldn't want that man either. So far, I'm just hearing a lot of straight-up legends out of this experience. Like, first we have her, the biggest legend of them all. The judge who's like, fuck you, if I could put you away forever, I would. And now we have every town that's like, we wish you were still in jail. Get out of our town. (laughs) Literally. According to Time Magazine, as authorities attempted to settle him in one Bay Area town after another, angry crowds and Tampa's chapter of Guardian Angels led protests, screamed, picketed, and eventually prevailed. In Rodeo, about 25 miles northeast of San Francisco, a crowd of approximately 500 local protesters were up in arms and forced officers to move him under armed guard from from a hotel room. Authorities tried housing him across the street from Concord City Hall, but that was met with protests and failed too. He was removed from one apartment in Contra Costa County in a bulletproof vest after 400 residents surrounded the building to protest a decision to place him there permanently. Governor George uh, Dukajimin ordered that Lawrence be placed in a trailer on the grounds of San Quentin for the duration of his one-year parole. The outrage at this sentence resulted in legislation supported by Mary Vincent, which prevents the early release of offenders who have committed a crime in which torture is used. In 1987, Lawrence's parole led to a passage of California's Singleton Bill, which carries a 25-year life sentence. The leniency of the legal system shocked and outraged many. One journalist who interviewed him remarked, What was most surprising to me, however, was not his sentence. It was that Larry Singleton had worked his crimes around in his mind so so completely that they did not warrant punishment at all. Right before his parole ended, Donald Stahl, the county's prosecutor at the time, uh, said, I think, if anything, he's worse now. He has not taken responsibility. He lives in a bizarre fantasy land and acquits himself each day. He doesn't accept his guilt and won't resolve never to do it again. 
which is very concerning for a man who got fucking out early. And also, our Queen Mary also changed the fucking law to make sure, like, this woman is my hero. She's a boss-ass bitch. And, like, honestly, though, good for her. Like, she took this experience and built mountains out of it. Like, to say I am proud would be an understatement. And, like, on the flip side, though, this motherfucker, I love that they literally had, who was it who said that he was, like, unfit for society? Uh, like, well, like Everyone involved? Said. Well, literally everybody. <laughs> but, like, that's the thing, though. And then to show that he has, like, no absolution or, like, guilt surrounding it, it's, like, literally who let him out early. If you cannot even say that you feel an ounce of guilt for what you did, and, like, you did, like, a crime that involved torture rape attempted murder and like um amputation of a child you shouldn't be allowed to leave or if you can't even say that you'll never do it again who the fuck is letting you out that's the thing if you can't look somebody in the eyes and be like i like i will never do this again and show like an ounce of like remorse, remorse. but to be let out and then to be like, I can't say that I, I can't say that I wouldn't do that again. A sane person would say I would never do that in the first place. And you have a man walking the streets who says he won't do it, who can't even say he won't do it again. Like more than once. What the fuck are we doing? Lawrence ended up returning after his parole to his home state, Florida. And in 1990, he was twice convicted of theft. He served a 60-day sentence for stealing a $10 disposable camera in spring 1990. And in the winter, he received a two-year prison term for stealing a $3 hat. Why is the theft of $13, like, more heavily punished than his rape and torture of a child? Literally, his prison sentence of stealing a $13 camera is almost one-third of the time he would have served for... Attempting to murder, raping, <laughs> and removing the limbs off a child. Oh my god, I'm Make sorry? it make sense to me. Make it make sense to me. Before his sentencing for the uh, $3 hat, he described himself to the judge as a confused, muddle-headed old man. Which, honestly, he is, but also fuck him. Also, he's a deranged criminal who happens to be a 50-year-old man. Yeah. Quite literally. So in the spring of 1997, a neighbor called police to report Lawrence assaulting a woman in his home in Sulphur Springs, Florida. When the police responded, they found the dead body of Roxanne Haynes. She had been stabbed multiple times in the upper body. Roxanne was a mother of three. And Mary Vincent, our fucking queen, traveled from California to Tampa to appear at Lawrence's sentencing. During her testimony, she described Lawrence's attack and the toll the ordeal had taken on her. The judge sentenced Lawrence to death. And Lawrence died in 2001 of cancer in a prison hospital at the North Florida Reception Center in Stark, Florida. Are you kidding me? After all of that, he dies of cancer! Yeah, this man never had to take responsibility for his fucking actions in his life. And it shows. That genuinely makes me want to throw up. But like, also, he literally did it again. He did it again. 
And, like, we're supposed to act shocked? I mean, he basically said that he was planning to do it again. I, I don't know how we can be surprised. Literally. And we're supposed to be surprised? Like, what is even the point of all this? You know? There is like, no fucking point. The point is that people are fucking stupid. And we should not be letting these fucking men out early when they've committed these absolutely heinous crimes. Oh, God, no. Especially if they can't promise you they won't do it again. It would be, it would be like me robbing from a store and then being like, okay, you've returned all the merchandise. Are you not going to steal from here again? And me being like, I wouldn't say that. And then the we'll me arresti- arresting me again for stealing from the same store. Like, at that point, you were asking for it to happen again. Literally. You quite literally are. But I want to end off our story talking about uh, our Queen Mary. Because, yes. honestly, I love her. I love her energy. Love her vibes. So, as an adult, she attended the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. She married and subsequently divorced a man named Tom and has two sons. After her attacker was released from prison, she volunteered to testify against him at his trial. She spoke openly about finding healing and becoming a victim's advocate in support of victims' rights and delivers motivational speeches. She works with chalk pastels to create powerfully upbeat women like female action figures. She also draws family and individual portraits on commission and her customized prosthetics are also self-creations, including custom prosthetics for bowling. And honestly, she seems like she's doing great and I love her. I'm here for it. Love the vibes. Love everything, really. Like... Everything that she made out of it. Like, I think that's such a testament, though, like, to her character and what kind of person she is. Mm-hmm. For sure is. The th- I don't know. I just... It's it's insane to think about a person, like, a full-grown woman doing what she did to, like, fight to survive, let alone a child. Yes. Like, that, like, ultimately, like, how it all adds up together, like... She definitely is built better than I think most people are, 100%. And I do, like, kind of weep the fact that she didn't at least get granted, like, the, like, permission to cut off his own arms in retaliation. Yeah. <laughs> and then his penis. Fuck it. The penis should like, be I the know- first thing to go. Obviously. But, like, I mean, I know why we don't do that, because it's not tit for tat, I guess. It's but, wrong. But... What I think that would justify how she was treated and at least alleviate a little bit of the anger towards the situation? I think so. I don't know. I just am completely speechless that, the like, everyone around the situation was like, this man should be in jail for a long time and not be allowed out. And he somehow was released early and then immediately commits basically the same crime again except for this time he's successful in murdering that woman and now her kids are left without a mom yep and like it's almost like so the system failed her like failed mary 100 percent. um but the community didn't and i think that's very interesting usually i feel like it's both i feel like Usually in these cases, it's both the justice system failing them and also usually the community of people Mm -hmm. being like, oh, like, not believing her. But I feel like people really rallied behind her. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Which, like, honestly, like, 
I think is amazing. I love I love that in situations like this where like somebody's so grossly mistreated, like it does show that they're that a majority of people don't care for people who act like this. Yeah. And honestly, that's a good thing. Because especially with everything that's going on in the world right now, we do not need fucking men like this dude out here being assholes and chopping off limbs and raping children. Hell no. And that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the end of our story for today. A very cheery tale. Always. um, Very crime. Very. Um, Yeah, no, I got nothing else to add. So, I mean, other than our little end credits here. So, if you liked today's episode, somehow... Um, you can leave us a review on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Um, besides that, we also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate to the show. That is at Wheel of Crime on Patreon. Um, we also have a website, which is www.wheelofcrime.com. If you want to take a look at us there, uh, we also have our social media, which is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Wheel of Crime. And lastly, if you would like to send us an email to say you got a comment about the show, you have a suggestion on a story we should cover, you can email us wheelofcrime at gmail.com. That's it. That's all. That's all for our story today. And we will see you all next week for another new episode. Okay, bye. Bye.